Mark chapter 2, Mark chapter 2, but I do love to work around the church, and I just love to work, and um, one day I'll say I loved to work, and so it'll be in past tense, I'm sure. Mark chapter 2, I love that song, he came to me, and I want to tell you something, I'm glad somebody came to me in the form of uh, Sunday school teachers, vacation Bible school teachers, uh, preachers, they brought the glorious gospel to my life. Now I want to say the bottom line is this. Uh, and I love all the decorations, and I know people were here to uh, 12 hours yesterday, I know at least, and they're dead tired. They'll probably go to sleep during the service with my permission. Uh, and I appreciate all this, but I want to tell you something. If we don't give them the gospel, it's all in vain. And I believe all of us ought to memorize every one of those scriptures. Amen? Every one of them. Yeah, if those kids can memorize them, we can memorize them. That's the first thing that goes, uh, well, one of the first things that goes is your mind when you get older. So, you know, it's great to memorize Scripture while you're young. Can somebody say amen? And, but I believe we ought to memorize Scripture. The word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God and against thee. And so let's, let's get this, these verses in there. But that's beautiful. And I appreciate all the work. And I know they got a lot more work to do, be done. And um, just thank the Lord uh, for all that's going on. And the bus captains, I want you to pray for them. The van uh, uh, drivers, uh, we need traveling mercies. If I'm going to tell you something. If the devil's going to do something, he's going to do something this week. He usually does. We've had uh, some very strange things happen during vacation Bible schools in the years I've pastored here. I guess that's all of them. And, uh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. And, um, you know, it, the devil fights getting children and boys and girls to Jesus. And he fights it because those boys and girls can reach their daddy like I reached my daddy. As an alcoholic at 63 years of age. And so they grow up to be a preachers and missionaries and pastors' wives. And it's just a blessing uh, to, um, uh, to go after them. But we need prayer support. We need air support this week. Getting people to Jesus. Um, I, have, I am convinced, and this is my philosophy of ministry, that I have no right to preach to 200 people unless I'll preach to two people during the week. And I believe on one-on-one evangelism, uh, our church did not start as a split or a splatter or a splint. It started with soul winning. We came to town, didn't know a soul 43 years ago, started knocking on doors, and our message was this, not religion, but do you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? And if you died today, do you know you'd go to heaven? That was what we asked everybody, and some people liked it and some people didn't. Some people accepted it and some people didn't. But thank God, I'm going to tell you something, I'm glad for the ones that did, and I thank God for the person that brought me the gospel and brought me to Sunday school and church, and so it's very important. Let's look at Mark chapter 2, I'll read verses 1 through 12. The Bible says, let's stand on the Word of God, unless you're too old, amen, okay, all right, good. Uh, Mark chapter 12, it says, and again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. You notice I gave up my large print Bible after last week. Amen? I ain't going there yet. Verse 2. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there were no room to receive them. No, not much is about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Thank God. And they, and, and they come to him bringing one sick of palsy, which was born of four. That means they had one corner of the cot. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, 
They uncovered the roof where he was, and when he had broken it up, they let down the bed therein where the sick of palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, saw their faith, their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man thus speak blasphemous? Blasphemies. Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately, when Jesus perceived it in his spirit, that they so reasoned within themselves, he said to them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? He can read your heart. And whether it is easier to say to the sick of palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he rose up in bed, went forth before them all, insomuch they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the love of this church. It's always amazing to me how much they love their pastor and their pastor's wife. And I appreciate them so much. And Lord, I thank you for the years we've had together. And I pray that we have many more years of energy and strength and sound mindness. And God, I just thank you, dear God, for the privilege to preach your word this morning. And I thank you, God, to have the privilege to have vacation Bible school this week and see children and boys and girls, some that's probably never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. You know the sound of the glorious light of the gospel and get gloriously under conviction and many get saved. So Lord, I pray that you'd have your will and way this morning. Give us a burden for souls in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when Jesus is in the church, people hear about it. And I won't tell you how they hear about it. Change lives. If you worship God, you'll never be the same. Now you can come here and leave worse than you came. You can come here cynical, critical, and sinful. Or you can come here leaving because you met Jesus and you can be more like him than you walked in this place. That's worship. Worship will change your life. And folks, we um, uh, tell people that Jesus is in the house and more important, in our hearts, when we have a good testimony, when there's soul winning. Uh, the church is not a spectator sport or a professional organization. It's a supernatural body of Christ. He's the head, we're the body. And thank God the Lord's given us something to do. Folks, I believe God's blessed you not to just be happy and shout it out, but God's blessed you to be a blessing. God's blessed you to reach others. God's blessed you to magnify his precious name. The house was full. Look at verse 2. Straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much about the door. And he preached the word unto them. I believe the word of God, folks, is enough. We don't need a contemporary entertainment this morning. We don't need a praise team. We have a choir, old-fashioned choir. Uh, even one that uh, holds the bird's eyes. Amen, praise God. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, thank God for good biblical Christian hymns that have a message. Amen. We're not here to be entertained. We're not here to have Ted Mack amateur hour. We're here to preach the Word of God. 
And the most important part of a service is when the Word of God is preached. I'm convicted of that. I believe we ought to preach the Word of God every time we meet. If y'all sing four hours, I'll preach four hours. Y'all sing 45 minutes, y'all want to testify an hour. That's fine. Praise God, I'll preach an hour. But I believe there ought to be some preaching in the house of God when we meet. Say amen. Because Jesus is in this place. But I see cooperation. That's what we need in the Baptist church. Amen. We're the only army that shoots herself and shoots the wounded. Say amen. And folks, we're not here to divide and to devour. We're here to edify and motivate and, and, and be more like Jesus. And we're here to reach souls. And thank God we can do that if we're together. Four men took their corner of the cot. And I want to give you this, and I believe it illustrates what we ought to do as Christians. Number one, I believe one of them had to recognize the need. I believe we're going to get people to Jesus. Somebody has to, has to see the need. Being sick of palsy was a terrible sickness. But I want to tell you something, folks. His greatest problem was he was lost. What does it profit a man if he gets healed of every disease in the world and goes to hell for the rest of eternity? The greatest miracle of all is not healing of your physical body. The greatest miracle of all is the healing of your soul. And the only way to do that is be saved. Say amen. Be born again. And I believe, folks, it's urgent. I believe it's urgent that we go where they're at. Thank God for the bus ministry, Brother Al, uh, almost said Alan. Brother Chris, thank God for the bus ministry. Brother John, you was in it for a long time uh, when we had to have the horses and the cart. No, it wasn't that, wasn't that long. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the wagon. We had a wagon train. No, and it was a long time ago. We had an old white bus, and every time it cranked, we shouted it out because it was a miracle, that old Ford bus. It was Ford, wasn't it? Chevy. That was it. Chevy uh, would crank. But praise God, it became a rescue vehicle once it got moving. Amen. And John wore that thing out all over South Whitfield County. And I thank God for that. And folks, the reason is boys and girls and men and ladies without Jesus are going to hell. Did you hear me? I got in front of my Bible. Lord, help me never get used to boys and girls and men and ladies going to hell. Without Jesus, they're going to hell. There is an eternal fire. Eighty-three times it's mentioned in the Word of God. Thirteen times the greatest preacher that ever walked this earth, Jesus Christ, preached on hell. There is a place of torment. I read this Monday. I believe it happened last uh, Saturday. Um, it says, we're at all a loss of words in trying to push through the, uh, this uh, article said. There's no words to adequately describe the incredible lives of Melissa, Jasmine, and Priscilla. We love and miss you dearly. Police said the head-on collision, which also killed 22-year-old Juan Pablo Ferez, unfolded just before 2.30 on a highway located south of Marshland, where the speed limit is 65 miles an hour. Investigators believed a Honda Civic was traveling north when it collided with a GMC Sierra pickup traveling on the southbound lane. I believe this is in Indiana. The GMC then caught fire. Uh, I think it was Missouri. Uh, the GMC then caught fire, which eventually destroyed the vehicle. And according to their press release, the Honda was carrying four people, uh, Ferris of, of California and Melissa, 26, Jasmine, 22, and Priscilla of Oceanside, California. Two men ages 21 and 16 and a woman age 20 were inside 
the GMC police said. Now, this is what I want you to hear. Tanya Hobel, Hobel, H-O-E-B-E-L, a witness at the scene spoke to NBC affiliate KTVB after the crash and said she helped pull the three people out of the fiery GMC. Despite being warned, stay away. A gentleman came walking towards me from the accident and told me not to proceed to the accident. Hobel recalled uh, to the uh, outlet and said, well, I can see flames from the vehicle, she said. I can see smoke from the vehicle. And he informed me that there was nothing we could do. For some reason, I just kept proceeding. Forward because I knew I had to, she added. And whether I could help or not, I just wanted to know what I could do. And her actions did make a difference. And the three people ended up surviving the collision. Police said all three um, were, were transported to the hospital via helicopter and ground ambulance with non-life-threatening injuries. I just hope that they are okay, Hobel told KTVB. I hope that I was able to give a little bit of comfort and make them not quite as scared as, as they would have been if they were lying there alone. The four people inside the Honda were all pronounced dead at the scene, according to the police. And at, at this time, it's unclear what caused the crash. I want to tell you something, friend. That lady took a chance. And that lady probably was risking her life because of a fire, because of a collision, because of vehicle and people trapped in a, in a Sierra truck. And I want to tell you something, friend. We have a more urgent call than that dear lady. There's souls that are dying and going to hell, and they'll spend there not for a time of burning and then, and then wake up in either in hell or heaven, but for eternity they'll be in hell if we, don't, if we don't reach them. The Bible says in Jude chapter 22, and Jason preached a great message a couple of weeks on that ago, but I want to refer to uh, uh, the verses he read. Look at Jude chapter, uh, it's only one chapter. Verse 22, okay? Jude chapter uh, 1, verse 22. It says this, And some having compassion, making a difference. Let me back up. It says, But ye, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen now, unto eternal life, and some having compassion, making a difference. Listen to this. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Folks, we ought to build each other up in the most holy faith. We need to stay in the love of God. But folks, we don't need just bask in the love of God and enjoy the things of God around here and have a good time this week or have a good time this morning. There's a lot of churches would rather party then impart the gospel, we need to have compassion that makes a difference. Amen. Folks, if you see men and ladies and boys and girls dying and going to hell, you must turn your car into a divine vehicle of rescue. Amen. You need to rededicate your car and make it a bus. Yeah. Amen? I once preached a message on a bus named Beast. That reminds me of the Good Samaritan. Thank God in Luke chapter 10. It says in verse 22 that we ought to have compassion. 
got to have compassion like Jesus. Say amen right there. A compassion heart like the Lord. The Lord loved us so much, he came to this earth, died on the cross. Thank God, rose from the dead three days later, ascended, and he's back there uh, uh, praying for you on the right hand of God. And he sent the Holy Ghost to give you love, not just for yourself, but for souls that you've never met. Little boys and girls that uh, have nothing on this earth, but they need Jesus. They need Jesus. And he'll make a difference. God help a church that gets so high and mighty they don't have a bus ministry or a children's ministry or a soul winning ministry. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. The bottom line this week is we get the gospel to these kids. It's not how pretty the church is, and it's beautiful. And I'm proud of it every time. And it don't mean much to us uh, adults, but my little uh, granddaughter, uh, Sayla, as soon as she walked in the door for visitation yesterday, she went, wow, mermaids in the hall. I said, praise God, yes, we do it right around here, sis. Praise the Lord. And she got excited. She said, can I come back to Bible school? So guess what? We got to go to Alpharetta, get her, and bring her back to Bible school for this week. Amen? And she said she's going to bring some others with her. So I don't know. Praise God. Our house is going to be full. And uh, my wife's getting so old, she can't stand them. No, she can't do it. Amen. Uh, she loves it. She got more patience than I do. Amen. But boy, to get them to Jesus. Amen. And recently, Sailor's been saved. Amen. She got up the other night, and she was in the middle of the night. She said, I think I watched too much of that scary movie. I can't sleep. And Mimi, in her wisdom, said, I was saying, go back to bed. No. And her wisdom said, aren't you saved, honey? I said, yeah, I'm saved. What's the Bible say about being afraid? And boy, she said, okay. She went back to bed, went to sleep, amen. <laughs> Praise God. She saved, saved, childlike faith. I'll preach on that tonight. But Luke chapter 10, the good Samaritan uh, got out of this comfort zone and the priest went by and looked the other way, walked on the other side of the road. But praise God, the, the good Samaritan, the good Samaritan, uh, got off his beast, put that dying man on his beast and took him to the haven of rest. That's what I call that motel. Amen. It's better than Motel 6, it's Motel 7. And thank God, found the Lord, bandaged him up, paid for the fare, paid for the motel. Folks, Jesus paid it all. What a great picture. And the Bible says, go and do thou likewise. In Luke chapter 10, verse 37. And folks, listen, verse 33 says, Luke chapter 10, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Folks, listen, you'll never really have compassion until you think about where people are going forever. Forever. Immortal soul going to heaven or hell. I got I to hurry and get off this first point or I'm not going to pick up the rest of the corners. But I want to tell you something. Sinners are dead and helpless in their sins and trespasses. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. They're walking according to the course of this world. But thanks be to God, folks, we can help by taking the gospel to them. Bringing them to the house of God this week. Bringing them to Sunday school. Bringing them to vacation Bible school. And folks, the key is not the vacation and not the school. It's the Bible. Amen. Sinner's destiny. Either heaven or hell. 
And I want to tell you something, it all depends on them getting under the sound of the glorious gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. You should never go anywhere without the gospel on you. You've got to have gospel tracts, New Testament. Then number two, I see another person pick up the corner of a cot and somebody had to have great faith. Somebody had to have great faith. Look at verse five back in our text in Mark chapter two, please. Mark chapter two. Look at it. It says, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. He said when he saw their faith. I want to ask you a question, teachers. Do you have faith in what you're teaching this week? Do you have faith in what you're preaching? On my birthday, I'll get to preach again. And I love to reach souls on my birthday. If, I, if God's given me life, at least I can show people how to have another life and be born again. God allowed me to be born. I want to see people born again. So I get to preach this Thursday. And folks, I want to tell you something. Without faith, I might as well just go home. I believe God will use his word. I believe that, folks, if we can just get the gospel to them, they saw their faith. Why did they go through the press of all those people, go around to the top of the roof and make a hole and lower that man down at the foot of Jesus. They just knew, they just knew if they could get that man to Jesus, everything would be all right. Be better than all right. It'd be eternally set right. You know, kindergarten faith believes the Bible is true. Elementary faith believes, the, I believe the Bible. I believe the Bible. In high school faith, you believe that he'll do it again. But I want to tell you what graduate faith is. It's that he'll do it through you, that God will use you. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. You might as well stay at home this week, and you might as well not crank the bus up, and you might as well not go get one center if you don't believe God's going to do something. Faith will get the job done. We believe Jesus is the only answer, that the message of the gospel is the only solution, the only hope for these children. Church, we need to answer and by the flesh, we'll never answer it. By figuring, we'll never answer it. But by faith, and we yield our lives to pick up one corner of the cot, do our part, whether it's refreshments, whether it's this beautiful artwork, whether it's going out and knocking on a door, or it's cranking up an old van or an old bus, and getting them here. Folks, God wants you to do your part. Don't sit back and say, well, I don't know if anything's going to happen or not. No, get involved. Get involved. Keep going for God. Yesterday I was talking to Brother Jeremy. He and his whole family were here on visitation. He didn't have to do that. Heading to North Carolina, six hours away. And I pulled him off the side. I said, how is Brayden and how is your wife? He said, well, we got a six-hour trip ahead of us. and We can't get it below 300. He might be able to say that, but he ain't got so much pride that he wants me to not share a prayer request. Some people are so prideful, they don't want anything about their life as a prayer request. So I'm going to give this prayer request because missionaries ain't got no pride. He needs your help. He needs prayer. His little boy's got type 1 diabetes, and they didn't know what was wrong with him last Saturday. And now he's got to go back to South Africa and, they can't get it down below 300. It was 600 when he went to the hospital. That's coma state. Little old Brayton, all he's done is lose a lot of weight. He can't afford to do that. He's skinny as a rail. And folks, I want to tell you something. That takes faith to say, I'm going to North Carolina and beg for some more support. 
for that Christian school. Whether my child's healthy or not, we're going. If I have to go by myself, I'm going. And folks, I'm not saying neglect your family. You know me better than that. But I'm saying, friend, we got a calling, and we got a high calling, and it's essential that we get the gospel to South Africa, but that we get the gospel to everybody around here. Number three, somebody's got to be willing to sacrifice. Somebody's got to be willing to sacrifice. Our time, our talents, our money, and our pleasure. The offering this week's going to uh, Brother Jeremy and the work in South Africa. I'd come just to give an offering. I told Brother Jeremy, I said, you pray for that offer now. We've got a lot of gold bricks. We've got a lot of coins and the boys against girls. And we usually have a pretty good offering and we'll, we'll add to it. And he looked at me and says, boy, thank you. We sure need it. I don't know what these medical bills are doing. I don't know what's going on in his life, Brother Mark. But I know one thing is they'll not waste a cent of it. Say amen. They won't splurge. Amen. I guarantee you they're not just here for their own welfare, they're here to sacrifice their time, their talent, their money. Last year or the year before, last year it didn't happen, I don't think, $9 billion with a B was spent on Halloween. Now you know there's money in that when they go up stores just for Halloween. That blows my mind, amen? And praise God, you can save a lot of money just wearing masks. Oh, that was a bad joke. But anyway, money. Are you willing to give your money? You're willing to sacrifice? You're willing to spend your time, pleasure? Why? There's no greater pleasure than seeing some soul go to heaven. And I'll just say this. There's no greater pleasure than seeing your son in charge of it. There's no greater pleasure than that we have the truth and that we love the truth and that we distribute the truth and that our family members want to be involved. Number four. If you're going to pick up the corner of the cot, somebody's got to be determined never to quit. Look at verse 4. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press. You know, the press, I bet it was liberal. No, it, that's people, amen. And they uncovered the roof where he was, and when he had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of palsy lay. Isn't that a great picture? I tried to find a picture on Google. I couldn't find a good one. But I found one. You know, each rope is important. Each corner is important. You're important. What you do is important. You serve refreshments. You take. You help count the offering. You just keep the kids in order. And, of course, if you teach the Word of God, that's an awesome responsibility. But somebody's got to keep going when it gets difficult. Sometimes it's difficult to get people to, to Jesus. Why? Because people get in the way Selfishness gets in the way, but I'm going to tell you what, it's a warfare. If you ever want to get in the warfare, start winning souls. Come on. If you ever want to get in the warfare, get in an independent fundamental Baptist church that wants to see souls saved. Now, you can be real comfortable if you'll just get in a liberal church that just wants to have a party. Sure, I'm glad we're having that fellowship next week, though. <laughs> Amen. I've been looking forward to that. Not the birthday party, just to have a party, amen, with my, with my people, with my family. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But folks, the devil, the world, and the flesh is against soul winning. If there's ever been a soul winning effort, it's this coming week. Even Christians will stand in the way. Look at verse 2. 
And straightway many of them gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. Folks, hey, we got to get to Jesus. It's a healing service. Praise God. He's going to preach. He's going to teach. He's the miracle worker. And there's a guy trying to get to Jesus that's lost. How many times does a congregation get all enamored about filling their commodious facility and remodeling their, their facility and having a comfortable facility and you let the air condition go out in a Baptist meeting and you're in trouble. And souls are dying and going to hell and can't get in the door. But faith was rewarded in verse 5. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick of palsy, son, of, uh, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Verse 6, we see critical and callous hearts. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Now listen. Why does this man speak blasphemous? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately Jesus read their mind and rebuked them. And he raised that man up anyway. But first of all, he forgave his sins, which is the greater miracle. Say amen. And so folks, faith is rewarded and I want to tell you something, faith is evident by your works, but folks, you keep on working. You keep on going. Folks, listen, your character is determined by what it takes to get you to quit. But I want to say this, your faith is determined by what it makes you to want to quit. And when you quit, faithfulness comes from the root word faith. If you have faith in God, there's no place, as Lester Olaf used to preach, to park and to quit, and just fill a pew, unless you're filling it with boys and girls and men and ladies that need Jesus. We're not here just for us. It's not about us. It's about souls, but praise God more than that, and I'll get to it in just a second. It's about His glory. And folks, I see a picture of cooperation, determination, courage, oh, continuation, commitment. Get boys and girls under the sound of the gospel this week. It made a difference in Miss Connie's life. She's saved at the age of 10. It made a difference with the lady that's sitting right next to her, Miss Kathy Harris. She got saved when she, she was in vacation Bible school many years ago, or a few years ago. I can get around with my wife. I can't get around with somebody else's wife. <laughs> a few years ago, amen. Folks, it makes a difference. Why are they sitting in church this morning? Why are they serving God this morning? Because they got saved as a child. Because somebody brought the gospel to them. Somebody picked up their corner. Somebody uh, saw the need. Somebody had compassion. Somebody had faith. If we can only get him to Jesus. And somebody wouldn't quit. They were faithful. Folks, compassion makes a difference, but I want to tell you something. Your compassion will be tested. You think it's easy. Some people say, oh, I wish I was the pastor of this church. Well, we'll have at it for a while. You'll see what it's like. <laughs> oh, you know, you're famous and you have uh, commodes given to you on your birthday. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's all accolades and, you know, headlines. It's not easy but it's, it's worth it. I have no regrets. And I'm not preaching my last message, I hope. 
But I want to tell you something. I see the results, last but not least, of these men's faithfulness. And this is where it counts. In verse 12, And immediately he arose, took up his bed, went forth before them all, insomuch that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. I want to tell you, friend, what was the results? It's changed lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Is therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature, old things pass away, behold, all things come new. Number one, they get a new appetite. They get a new want to. I want to tell you something, friend. Gun control is not the problem in America. It's heart control. People kill people with trucks, knives. I'm not being political. I'm just going to be deep this morning. It's a heart problem. It's a sin problem. And folks, I want to tell you something. These little girls and boys are going to grow up and wreck their lives and maybe wreck somebody else's life unless we get them the gospel. It's a life changer. Say amen right there, Gabe. You know what you was before you were saved. I just want to bring that out in front of your follow-up. But I want to tell you this, friend. God help us to never get over the change. I was saved 11 and a half years old. I didn't have much change. My mother beat it out of me. So I, was, I walked pretty straight. But I'll tell you what, I need to be saved just as much as my drunk daddy. When he came out of the war, it messed him up. And only Jesus could help him. Only Jesus could change the life. I wanted to run away from home many times, and I did, and got hungry and came back home. But I want to tell you something. I wanted to come home after he got saved and catch him up past, not passed out in his food like he normally did, but past 9 or 10 o'clock reading the Bible, praying. The next morning he'd get up and hug mom and say, I love you. You don't do that with a hangover. Folks, listen, the results of these, these men taking their corner of the cot, having faith, having compassion, having determination, seeing the need is a changed life. If one boy or girl gets saved this week, it'd be worth every ounce of energy y'all put in already. One child, one so don't lose that focus or you'll get tired and bitter. Why ain't everybody else working? Well, they're missing the blessing. That's why they're not working. Save me. Many will be converted. What does that say? That old religious crowds got amazed. Then what else happens? The four was blessed. Can you imagine on the way home from that miracle meeting, what those four were talking about, it wasn't about the blooming braids either. Come on, you fans, ardent followers, fanatics. It wasn't about the Georgia Bulldogs, even though there were there was some good conversation. <laughs> they weren't talking about the weather. They weren't talking about who was not in church, who wasn't. They wasn't talking about who didn't pick up their corner of the cot. It's talking about Jesus and how he touched him and how he healed him. And, you know, just about the time they started maybe their mind wandering, here comes that old guy running past him with that cot. <laughs> he wasn't walking, I promise you. He was running back home to tell Mama 
to tell the children. And folks, the bottom line, the bottom line of this whole message is that it glorifies God when you pick up your corner of the coffin. God deserves the glory. And I can't think of a better way to glorify God than a child, a daddy, a mama, being resurrected from the dead. Changed from death unto life. John 5, 24. Passed from death unto life. That's a good miracle, isn't it? That's a miraculous, that's the ultimate miracle. And folks, God gets the glory. Well, let's glorify God. We'll reach souls. Well, let's glorify God. Well, let's sing five, five hymns a day. No. You glorify God by picking up your corner of the cot, being faithful, seeing the need, being full of God's spirit, being consecrated and not giving up and bringing boys and girls and men and ladies to Jesus and their changed life will glorify God. Father, use this message. Thank you, God, for the privilege to find our place of service and pick up one corner of the cot. God, tonight I'll be going over how to reach children, how to discern whether a child's old enough to be saved, how to deal with children. But God, as my Bible tells me in chapter 10 of this book, is get them to Jesus because he loves them and he'll bless them and he'll save them. Lord, dear God, help us to see the need. God, help us to have faith that we can just get people to Jesus. You will change their life. You will save their life. You'll give them heaven instead of hell because you paid it all. God, help us to never forget where you found us, where we'd be if you hadn't found us. God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul and starting this journey of life that I have no regrets about. So, dear God, help us to pick up our corner of the cot. With every head bowed, everybody closed, musicians playing, drown out the noise. God, help us take this message to heart God didn't say sit on your corner of the pew even though I'm glad you're here don't get me wrong God didn't say just uh, sign a little membership card and become a member of Whitfield Baptist Church even though we'd love to have you God said pick up your corner of the cot let me say preacher by the grace of God I want to make a difference in boys and girls and men and ladies lives by bringing them to Jesus, by bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And I just want to be faithful to pick up my corner of the cot. Would you raise your hand high for prayer all over this place? I want to raise both mine. I want to surrender more of my life. I want to do more for God. I don't feel like retiring. Some of you probably wish I would, but I feel like refiring. <laughs> I just feel like doing more for Jesus. Might not do it as quick, 
Praise God, I want to be steady. I want to be faithful. Is there anyone here to say, Preacher, well, let me just ask this question. How many are glad that somebody brought you the gospel? How many, glad, how many are glad you're saved? Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony that you know you're saved? How many are glad of that fact? Say amen. amen. Think about the day that you got saved. Now, I want you to do something else. I want you to think about the change after you got saved. And by the way, if there wasn't a change, you didn't get saved. <laughs> Come on now. You meet Jesus, it makes a radical difference. A revolutionary difference. A wonderful difference. Let me say, preacher, I could not raise my hand. I'm saved, but I'm concerned enough about my soul to ask you to please pray for me. Would you slip your hand up real high and say, preacher, I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. Anyone? Now, you can't take somebody where you've never been. If you're not saved, you can't help anybody. You're dead in your sins and trespasses. You're down the same highway of hell they're going. So how can you get them off of it? You must be born again to be his servant. Anyone? Anyone lost here? Concerned about their own soul? Let me say, preacher, you know, I believe that God is leading me to put my faith and testimony, I mean, my testimony and my service in this place. I want to, I'm, I'm praying about joining this church and being a part of the service of God. I want to be involved. I want to, I want to do something for God's eternal glory. And I believe this might be the place where God might be leading me to pick up my corner of the cot. And I want you to pray for me for the perfect will of God for my family. Anybody, just slip your hand up and say, Preacher, pray for me. God bless you, sir. I appreciate you considering being part of this. Anybody else? Last but not least, you know I always give this in the invitation. How many know someone that's dead in their sins and trespasses, helpless and hopeless, and they won't come to church, but you want to pick up your corner of the cot, get them on the sound of the gospel, and you want them to see your changed life, and you got a burden for somebody. Their face is right before you like a video right now. And you know somebody that's lost, and it breaks your heart. You probably lost sleep over it. You've shed a few tears, and I hope you have. Hope you don't get hard-hearted. And you have a burden for their soul. Would you slip your hand up on their behalf? All over this place. All over this place. Hey, listen, if they're local, get them here this Sunday. Get them under the sound of God. If they're adult, put them in. Ask them to come to the adult class one day. Whatever it takes, get them to here next Sunday. Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you that we can do our part. And God, we're sure that you'll do your part. And so, Lord God, thank you for the response. But I didn't preach a response, but it's good to have some once in a while to the gospel, to the gospel call, to take the gospel, to pick up our corner of the cot. Lord, bless this invitation. Have your will and way in every family's life in here. Help us, God, to pray about what we're going to do this week, that the anointing power of God might be upon it, that the Holy Ghost will convict some people, that they may be saved. We'll thank you in Jesus' name.